Hello and welcome to the DM's Travel Book Club, A Guide to the Plains. Each episode we explore one of the planes of existence as outlined in the Great Wheel cosmology in the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. With me, as always, is my co-host Hamilton. Hi Hamilton, how are you? Hi Fiona, how are you? Uh, I'm good now. I'm good yes. that I've now got... Even though we've got done this four times, I mm. still don't get the intro right. Uh, yes. But that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You did very it's well. Fine. You did very Thank well. You. Yeah, it was a good read. It was a good read. Um, it's a good read. How are you doing generally? Are you doing well this week? Overall, really well. You mm -hmm. know, just, you know, life in general. I think the last couple of years has been quite a pandemic. So we've just been like, whoa. So whoa. all in and out, essentially. So, but Talking I'm, I'm of okay myself. Pandemics yes. and pan yes. panda sort of. style <laughs> sort of things. Where are we going to this week, Fiona? Where are we going to this week? So today we are exploring the plane of pandemonium, this sort okay. of uh, the howling winds of pandemonium, mm. this idea of uproar and commotion. This is a plane that sort of lies in between limbo and the abyss, which we've already covered. And it's the idea, also the brief of it is, is that is imagine a plane, like a huge big rock, essentially, sort of drilled out or sort of riddled with these different sized tunnels and the soundscape is the sort of the main sort of defining feature right it is as if every howling man in existence was crammed into this place but you can't see where it's coming from this awful wind blowing through and causing madness mm. in anyone that visits there so that's the plane we're looking at today yeah it's um it's quite i really enjoyed it i really like this plane <laughs> as i've said many mm -hmm. times to you i think the I think the ingenuity of the plane as an idea is actually mm. really great because I, my guess is that they probably started with madness as a as a theme, mm -hmm. and then they tried to think of things that would be very, like not definitively obvious forms of how that might occur, because, mm -hmm. but but then again makes so much sense. So this idea of an ever droning wind noise, you know, noise is something that is. As podcasters, we know how important mm. noise and sound quality can be over audio, like visual quality and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but like having an like we all have had that bird who won't shut up at four o'clock in the morning in the summertime. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And how yes, yes. irritating that, could, or like a car alarm, and how those sorts of things can send you quite easily mm. to a very subtle version of madness. You know, like that sort mm. of very easily set you off you know as one yeah. might say and if you get flooded with noise as well like i've heard that term you can become very agitated quite easily do you know like if, mm. if you're in a busy environment and then someone asks you a question and i know this from my mind flare athletics <laughs> you know like <laughs> yes. if you put a lot of information at people audially you, your brain just cannot like process and and mm. so i think it's um i think they've made a very good i think it makes a lot of sense and it's something that you can really again like a lot of these things that they've mm. made something that you can even though it may be very high concept there is mm. still something at the root of it which is very emotional and attachable to you that you can do so that's kind of what i felt about about this I, one i completely agree and it's interesting that again as we sort of said the unique selling point of pandemonium is this idea of noise right mm. compared to previous uh uh episodes where we looked at stuff say, like the abyss which is just mm. it's just all this horrible imagery stuff like you know like i said to you like i, I sometimes i can't even visualize because it's, it's described mm. in such a way and i love it when it's over described because you just like i can't compute that whereas here it is just a rock mm. it is dark it is windy mm. and you're by yourself and it's just, just this the soundscape and what i really love the first thing i'm going to uh, sort of talk about is that there's a lot of advice 
in this particular chapter in the, yeah. the Planes of Chaos uh, book, which talks about how would you play this, and we'll get onto sort of the the madness element in a second. But it does say, mm. um, or recommends, or encourages that you play the sounds of winds as, as you're playing, even as a low quality or really loud and stuff like that, to really enhance the game session. Now, mm. obviously, if you're doing it online. Maybe not great, because <laughs> like, it would just because you wouldn't be able to get across. And obviously, as we know from mm. certain uh, conference calls stuff, any sort of lot of noise, uh, it's very hard to compute anyway. But I, I, it's an in-person thing, it's an immersion mm. thing. I can totally imagine that being amazing, yeah. having the lights down dark and everything like that, just to really emphasize that. Really subtle great. noise, like a yeah, the sound really... if that was picked up by the mic at all it, it wasn't on my end but i'm sure it will be in post um but yeah so because so this is the other thing as well um as we sort of described it it's a huge big rock riddled with all these tunnels and the tunnels they vary in size they could be really really small so only you can just about crawl through mm. or they could be vast and huge like you know it could be like span several miles across but that doesn't necessarily uh, have a direct relationship or correlation to the wind itself. So yeah, it could literally be just a quiet breeze in this huge gargantuan sort of tunnel, or it could be like hurricane level whipping past you as you're so tight in sort of a crawl space. Like yeah. I'm thinking um, the descent kind of level, you know, that horror. Yes, yeah. oh, all, we're all about those female potholers. Uh, what a horror film that is. It's a great horror film, but it, it made me laugh as a as a pitch. Like, you know what, you know what women love? Going underground. And they're like, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't at all. Um, and it's such, it's such a niche like reference. Describe that way, but that's, that's quite a funny way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's a really interesting pitch, I think. Yeah. But anyway, but I think overall, this idea, like you were saying, this the overarching sort of like sounds, that overwhelming stuff of noise, mm. but not having anything visually is very different to the other planes we've discussed. So I instantly I was like, oh, mm. it's flipped it on its head slightly as well. So let's talk about geography. So as we've sort of said several times now, it is a giant rock mm. um, with tunnels all the way through it. And these tunnels vary in different sizes. We've got some that are just literally crawl spaces, some that are um, as wide as huge caverns and can stretch for several miles or miles across. But what's interesting is that there's no correlation between uh, the wind aspect. So the wind could be like a gentle summer's breeze as you're going through these massive caverns, or it could be like proper hurricane style, like any of the storms we've had recently in the UK. It could be that speed whilst you're going through. And I quite like that as a, as a again, as an image, because it just doesn't mm. make sense. You think, well, surely it's going to be like proper hurricane season or storm weather in massive open spaces when it's if it's in a tighter space it's actually quite scary i think for the player characters yeah but the other thing i really found really interesting is um gravity in this place yeah. so so gravity it talks about it being orient orientated to where the soul is closest in proximity so so technically mm. you could be walking along the ground go next to the wall then start to walk on the wall then Pippi Longstocking style some... go on the ceiling. Oh yeah, okay. I was thinking Matrix style, but yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, yeah. I I see where we've both gone with this. <laughs> Two separate places. Um, but yeah, so that's quite interesting. That idea that you can get around, or maybe for whatever reason there's a huge crack in the ground, but mm. you can get up over it by sort of doing your own sort of corkscrew sort of uh, journey around, which again, it says makes combat very interesting. So for example, if you're shooting any projectiles, so mm. 
Why? I don't know. Why would you? But maybe because you're doing a big fight. These arrows, stuff, they're going to be quite useless in the long range because it will just go to the closest place where the gravity is, yeah. which could be up, down. Now I'm thinking right. of Inception fight, that sort of fight in the corridor. When oh it's going my goodness. Of course, Inception yeah. fighting. That's exactly what it's going yeah. to be. So, so again, maybe if you're thinking, like, if you're trying to do like a big mini map, that'd be quite cool because then you, mm. but you'd have to just think about all the logistics for it. But it'd be really cool to play oh, it out. You want a tombola? <laughs> you need a tombola. <laughs> Sorry. No, for, for probably American listeners, a tombola oh, yeah. is basically a, a basically a, a raffle. raffle, essentially, yeah, but there's a, a big drum. Yeah. I'm sure they have it in bingo halls as well, but yeah. I love the fact we call it tombolas. It's, such a... <laughs> it's but a great so, name. It is a great name. But yeah, and, and the other quick things to talk about it, so is um, another big thing about it is this is Pandemonium is the place where the river sticks sort of originates from. So mm. again, this idea of this river that goes through all the lower plains and stuff, this this river, which we've not actually gone into too much detail about before, but essentially if you touch it at any point, you forget your memories or you forget your past mm. life and you forget everything. But here you don't unless you drink it. Yeah. Um, which again, it's, it's and it's foul smelling water as well. Mm. And it talks about this idea that people, you know, most people who do live here, those poor wretches that do, have congregated around places that do have safe water. But those who mm. don't, who maybe just arrived, keep drinking from the same water because they keep forgetting it. And I was just like, oh, well, that's exactly. so sad. Oh, horrible. Which reminds me of that. It reminds me of the Arrested Development thing where he keeps. To, I don't know if you remember. If you see that when he keeps taking the forget me nots, as he calls it, my forget me pills, <laughs> and he keeps like living the same day over and over mm -hmm. again. Yeah, Sorry. it's it's probably for me. It was like fifty first dates again. That just shows you how far we differentiate Sorry. from our various things. But I just again that idea you could come up with a minor character that your party come comes across and they seem very lovely, but they keep forgetting stuff. Or they have a big notebook that says your name is this. You've been here so many days, you know. And they, every time they have a drink of water, they just keep forgetting stuff. And it also means they forget stuff like their spells, their yeah. skills, and they just become almost like a shell of a person, which is. Which, oh, scary. Not great. Not great, not great not at great. all. Um, but also, as well, just to finish sort of finish up that sort of physical geography of it, so this idea mm. of the water as well, it is affected by gravity too. So again, you yeah. can have this corkscrewing sort of water in the centre of something, quite as well, so like you're having to, yeah. to, to dodge out the way. But also this idea that it can make your foot, uh, the footing slippery, so more difficult to mm. rain. So if you're running or trying to get past something, suddenly this water sprays up. So you're trying to avoid the water, but at the then same time, then you end up in uh, in in uh, Thorpe Park, <laughs> yeah. just oh, like yeah. slip sliding <laughs> around. <laughs> oh, sadly, oh, pandemonium as Thorpe Park. What a, what a great one shot, like spin on that one shot. Is that I can actually, imagine like the witch like yeah. carnival having a door that opens to a, a water slide in pandemonium, and then you come back out again or something like that. Do you know what I mean? That, that feels very much like oh, I, I can't I can't remember what the the feat is. It was a demon where you send people through hell for like 10 seconds and then yes, they come the back. Yes, it was the Tiamat um, th throw through Avernus that I yes, like, the, yeah, yeah, like from <laughs> Fizzbands, yeah. Yeah, wild ride <laughs> through Pandemonium. Uh, exactly. But it's true, right? I, I like that idea because they have it at Fort Park, they have the Saw ride, don't they, where it sort of goes up and then yeah. goes down and comes back up again. Or, or exactly. Oblivion at Alton Towers. Yeah, which or... Is, we're just really reeling off UK theme parks, guys. What's <laughs> Rapids? You know, the Rapids that they have. The Rapids. Yeah, yeah. The Rapids would be a good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. Anyway, anyway, uh, I think... It's if of... they need to make a D&D carnival, uh, you know, theme park, we're, we're, we're down for this. Throughout all of the Outer Plains, we have themed... Uh... The River Styx would be a great ride, which would go through all dangerous. of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all I'm saying... So is good, all... you might forget yourself. <laughs> so, so good, you forget everything. <laughs> 
But I also like the idea that any of the ticket holders are going to be Modrons. Yes. <laughs> Just... Yes. You're oh, not. You're not this. No, when the, no, when the um, when it breaks down. Modron, 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 if you're doing a big battle map of Pandemonium or, yeah. or you're thinking about combat or anything like that, you have to take in the physical elements. It's not just that soundscape, which is obviously mm. is the key thing, but the idea that it is slippery, it's difficult terrain, and if you're yeah. trying to get away from something, which you're most likely trying to get away from the wind or trying to get to a safe space, it's not yeah. that easy. Not that easy as well. It is not. And actually, on the, just to finalise on the geography, uh, like a lot of the other planes, this has uh, levels, plane, mm -hmm. you know, layers. Mm -hmm. There are three layers, if I'm correct in that. Four. Uh, four layers. Four layers. Oh, bugger. That's why it's, you're the That's why you're the That's why I'm one. hosting this one, even, <laughs> even though hosting. you're the more, more passionate about it. So I believe this... we have pan, Pandema... Oh, God. I believe we pan, have Pandemos. Desmos. 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 Desmos Linum. Oh no, that that that's now an NPC happening there. Uh, then we've got, uh, I believe it's Co Cositus, right. uh, the layer of lamentation. And that's then, not how oh, I said it, but I believe that's probably how it is said. I'm glad yeah, you said as, it. But... As we know about DM's book club and DM's travel book club, pronunciation is not our strong suit, and we're happy yeah. about that. I want that on a T-shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the one I definitely can't get. I believe it's Fledget, Fled, Geton, Gethon, Flegethon, 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 and then. Ag Agathe oh no, Agathion. Agathion? Ag Agathion. There are four planes. <laughs> there are four. There are four layers. And, they, of planes, and yeah. as, as I think you're about to say, they're all very similar in the mm. sense of like they are rock. They are. Mm. There's lots of wind going through it. And the top one, uh, Pandesmos, is the most mm. populated. But as you get further d further down, it becomes more rock-like, more sort of like. Mm concentrated and more yeah. intense as you go down and with the darkness as well because again this whole place is completely dark there's no natural sources of light no. uh, which is and of course with the winds another key thing here is that if you've got a torch to like the winds are just going to blow them out and you're like well it's okay we've got magical light you're like ah yes the person that has the torch at midnight on the top of the hill you know exactly where they are yeah, you're the exactly. only person that's got light oh no it's Yes. So you are if you're using magical light or, or lighting your way through some sort of magical cantrip, you mm. are going to be seen, which I thought was a great, like, so good. I like no, I really do like that. Like mm. our player Chloe, who when we were fighting mosquitoes decided to cast light on their weapon. And I was like, is that a good idea? <laughs> and no. they're like, nope. I was nope. like, no, that wasn't a good <laughs> idea. So they literally had everyone converge on them. I love that. The mosquitoes and then suddenly, what's that noise? It's the big moth coming over. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. Uh, light, <laughs> light. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but yeah, so sorry, you was, I interrupted you with correcting you that there was four players instead of three. Uh, what yeah. were you going to say? I was literally going to say what you said about them, really, that okay. there's four of them and they, they are distinctive enough. And, and you literally point out that what, they basically just get more rocky to Agathion is, so is, has no connections between any of its rocky in its outcrops and its openings. It's just literally a wholly uh, like cheese without yeah. any connection oh, you between see, them. Again, this is where our minds differ. I was thinking of an aero bar. Yeah, an aerobar is a great shout, actually, or whisper. Or, or a whisper. Oh, no, I want a whisper now. Anyway, oh, no. that's UK chocolate bars. <laughs> We're doing all the all the references <laughs> in this episode. But yeah, I, I think that um, Agathion's really interesting because of the bubble stuff. Because I think we mm -hmm. talked about it off podcast, that the idea that what 
you know, it's they're so impenetrable, they're so hard to get to. What could possibly be in there? Ah, it could be magical uh, loots or mm. um, or a cache of a god. So Did again, a great adventure hook just to Did go in and try and get it. There's a dragon somewhere. There's oh. they mention a dragon, don't no, they? So I, I believe that's on the, the the third level. This idea that there possibly could be uh, dragons, oh, but but the dragons that are much bigger than any on the material plane. And it's like, could you imagine fighting? any dragon in this pandemonium setting with the winds. I'm imagining that T-Rex running at you, you know, that sort of head low, big legs thumping behind down this tunnel that you were like, oh, the crap. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they, they wouldn't, I, I, I love the idea that they had wings, but because they've gone mad, they've sort of torn it out because oh, they can't use them at all. So it's almost yes. like spindly, like- Really um, massive ostriches or something like that. Like yeah. kiwi birds, <laughs> like a dangerous kiwi bird. Yeah, <laughs> obviously a bit more frightening than that, obviously. But yes, it's quite frightening. I'll tell you that <laughs> it is quite frightening. And they also sort of mentions again with these layers. Again, we sort of mm. quickly mentioned about the light, but the idea that the further down you go, the darker it gets. This idea mm. that the light is leached out by the rocks completely, and the gravity then does become a bit more central. So there's more sort of it's always in one direction mm. the further you go down. So yeah, oh, yeah I just thought can that I was guess quite which cool. one was your favourite description of a layer? Okay, go for it. Can I imagine it was Cassitis or whatever it is? Because yeah. it goes, it's the, it's called the layer of lamentation. Yeah. And that's because the whole blamed layer sounds like a wailing session of the most mournful bunch of, bunch of funeral attendees a basher could imagine. So, is that your favourite one? It is kind of my favourite yes! one. Yes! <laughs> oh, I'm, so I'm so predictable. I'm so predictable. But yeah, that's, again, it's that sort of thing where it's just eerie in the background. And it, again, yeah. the level of the noise can go up and down. But imagine, again, as an immersive thing, you, again, if you were a, not a proper DM, that's not the word I'm thinking yeah. of, but if you were a DM that's really into the soundscapes, I can imagine spending like a good hour going, okay, I'm going to mix the soundscape and now yeah. bring up the whalers Ooh. and then put them down again. <laughs> yeah. Get it all done on Sirenscape or whatever and just have it in the background. Yeah. It's oh. also got your favourite place, Howler's Crag. It does have my favourite place, Howler's Crag. So this, <laughs> I love this idea. In my head, I imagine it to be like almost like a Stonehenge type thing or... Uh, I can't remember the name, but there's a place in Ireland that's something similar where it's just a big rock, essentially. Mm. And you decided that you can go to it and scream into the winds and with the hope that if you shout your hometown's name, you will be transported yeah. there, uh, which is not true at all. But I love that idea. This is how we're going. It's just shouting, Manchester! <laughs> <laughs> take me home! <laughs> take me home to Manchester! And it goes, no. Um, but also, what I really like is that you can talk to anyone from this place, in, anyone in Pandemonium, you, you know, talk to it and they will hear you however people are more likely to ignore you because they think they're going mad because of the winds and i just thought what a cool thing it's like you just hear like be careful of the of the dragon it's coming straight for you no don't even think no, about don't it listen to it go exactly. go away random person i don't know <laughs> Exactly. Well, as as I've talked about, you talked about that Glastonbury tour when I went up my uh, infamous, which I've talked about on a few podcasts. Not on. I don't know if I talked. I talked about it when I went to Glastonbury tour mm. with my friend, and that's sort of when I started getting into D and D. And it was so windy, like when you jumped on the top, you flew back, sort of thing. Whoa. Oh, that was like that is literally Howler's Crag. I remember that. Mm. That was kind of that's kind of that's very much in my mind. So yeah, when it's a windy day, go to Glastonbury tour, and you'll know what it's like. Just <laughs> know what it's like. Yeah, that, yeah. That idea that if you jump and you go back, that's yeah. You know, that's such a cool image as well. Mm. The only final, final thing I wanted to say about Howler's Crag is mm. that there is possibly, a, the, as always, there happens to be a pub nearby. Um, <laughs> and it's got, I think, hands down, the best name for a pub ever, just called yeah. The Laughing Mug. I'm yeah. like, 
I would go to the Laughing Mug. I think that's a, totally. what a place to go meet your friends at. And there's nothing necessarily special about it, per se. I just, I just like that idea that it's just called the Laughing Mug. And, and it's just next to this place. a good pub name goes such a long... There's a pub in mm. Bath called the, the, Fig, the Pig and Fiddle. That's a great name. Isn't that a great name? And it's just because, and it's such, and it's like, was always my favourite pub because it's such a great name, the Pig and Fiddle. Because it's you know, just like... You know exactly where you're going. Yeah. And, and this is clearly a topic for another time, but just talking about good names for places in your town and yeah. how to come up with them. Like, obviously, every tavern, because everyone goes, oh, you all meet in a tavern. What's it called? Oh, the King's Head. Rubbish. The Red Lion. Rubbish. But it's yeah. like, the double-headed unicorn. What? Yeah, like, exactly. Ah. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so let's let's move on from geography. We're gonna shift yeah. that out of the way, and I'm gonna pull on. Whoop! Uh, I don't know if that was right. Um, population. Now, mm. Hamilton, what do you think the population of this place would be like if, if given a random guess? <laughs> Generally mad. <laughs> as, a, as a first point, also people who probably are lost <laughs> yes. as well, uh, and um, and. On top of, well, yeah, that seems to be really much everyone, if you were thinking about it. I know the other people that are there, but I'll leave that to you as our as our resident pandemonium specialist. But for now, yes. But yeah, mad and lost, basically, and mad hoping and to lost. hoping to get out, probably, as well. Pretty much. And that's pretty much it. I think what mm. is really interesting is that people who are here are known mm. as the banished. I say that's one of the mm. major sort of groups of people. But what's interesting is, obviously, that it's not like, ah, the banished is the same group of people. It's just people who have been banished here, left, right, and said they're just groups and pockets of resistance, per yeah. se. So there's no real native uh, races to speak of, of in pandemonium mm. itself. It's where people have been banished to. And I thought, ooh, really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's the, like the Carceri, which we'll get onto, but mm. for the everyday, every man. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? It's like the Carceri for everyone. <laughs> Not the, yeah. for everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's that idea, if you meet somebody who's said it, and they don't remember how long they've been here, again, we'll go into mm. the madness, the magical conditions in a second, but yeah, it's that sort of thing that, they, that there's not, the townships here are, or any sort of thing that's been, it's been made here has, has, has had to be built here to survive. It's not natural. It's all yeah. sort of, uh, humanoid made or something like that but it yeah. talks about like what you know what sort of monsters are here there could be giant snails slugs mm. leeches eels piranhas so it's all nasty things that you don't want uh, essentially yeah. I love, I, again I love that idea again what's that noise and you turn around it's just a massive snail coming down <laughs> down at one of the corridors you're like Oh no! <laughs> just, and of course, it's like raw again in my head. Now, now I've got the T-Rex in my head. It just is like roar, as if the wind is sort of blowing against it. So those are my thing, my, my favorite things about it. But mm. in terms of sort of deities and powers here, um, yeah, interesting. We sort of briefly mentioned uh, Yisgard or Isgard. Mm. Um, that's sort of more Norse mythology. But here it talks about pandemonium being a place that loki of the north yeah. uh pantheon when he's pissed his... everyone off <laughs> yeah when he's pissed everyone off he's like i'm just gonna hide out in pandemonium for a little bit so this idea that he's got a little bolt hole here so you could come across the the god of mischief there you've got deities from sort of gnolls bugbears mm. you also have the queen of air and darkness from the unseely court mm -hmm. i mean i was like oh she's here too excellent and she, she has actually in this book as well she has a really interesting cause again I, I knew much yeah. quite a bit about it but how she sort of came to be and again this imagery of this um of this gem surrounded by sort of a black yeah. cloud on the throne i i, I guess that. it's I, I absolutely love it it's very it's just very interesting how 
like, because you just see the, the queen of air and darkness. You're like, ooh, what does that mean? And you're like, oh, it's, she's got to that point where she's just not even a, she doesn't, can't manifest. There's no physical, physical manifestation. Form. Yeah, she's just oh, a ghostly so spirit cool. that that is basically centered around this black gem, which yeah. is scary. I just want, I know this is a bit off topic, but it's on topic. But it, go, knowing that you're more new to the 2E setting than 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 I am, mm-hmm. how are you finding the split of the Fae in the way that the old world does it? Because the, I, I like mm. both, because I really like the Fae world, as we very much said on our other show. Yeah. But there's something kind of interesting about it not being all in the same plane and having them mm. as like having a very specific realm to them. Mm. But I, I, I don't know, I'm just interested in what your thoughts are, really. No, I, I think this is a good point with all of them. So obviously we talked in Arborea about mm. Arvindor, which was like the, the home of the elves and that mm. sort of uh, the Feywild, or, or like one part of the, because again, I've recently read about elves yeah. and the sort of the big split they had, the big schism, where Loaf and her followers went obviously to the abyss, mm. and then the uh, the the other elves went to the Feywild and stuff. And that was really interesting because I I hadn't I didn't realize there was like a, a realm person. I was like, oh, it's an Arboria, and I was like, that makes so much sense now. Mm. So a lot of the stuff I'm reading in Five E has so many roots in like the Planescape and the two yeah. two E stuff. I think the thing for me is that because there's such a lot of it, and and I know people are gonna hate me for this. I'm not a big fan of double columns, and I'm not a fan of lots of information. <laughs> and when, especially as, as I'm sure, we, maybe maybe something we're going to talk about with uh, uh, Yisgard is that once you've seen one town and it's mm. like it's been given a name, but it's like it's very similar to three other towns or three other yeah. realms. It's like that's quite a lot of information. And for me, I guess it's that sort of thing. I'd like simplifying of the information in the sense of like here's the plane, here's the big details, yeah. here's one defining feature or three defining features. Uh, I don't know, a town, um, a landmark, and uh, a natural thing or something mm. like that. But I I quite enjoyed seeing the different side. Going back to your yeah. original question, the different side of the Fae was because I didn't I didn't really know much about the, either of the courts at all mm. or anything like that. And again with the bringing of the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and obviously that sort of bringing that Feywild stuff back into the foray, as it were, and then finding out, oh, it's got all these roots there. I actually was like, oh, it fills in a lot of stuff, and it actually makes yeah. sense, you know? Like, so it doesn't yeah. contradict anything, per se. No. It just gives more information. So I, I'm quite glad I come to it, even though sometimes I do find it a bit overwhelming at times. I think that's right, and I think that you've hit the point there, isn't it? Like, the Feywild's like a really nice con condensation is that the word condensation yeah. Uh, con- uh, con- yeah yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so again like amal- it's taken a lot what an amalgamation there, yeah yes. yeah i think yeah because like what planescape does is you said it's a lot of made it's 16 planes and we're gonna go through all of them or on force or we're a quarter of the way through um yes but uh but with that i think there's something that's even though actually i don't think this is necessarily the right way to put it because i think that it is diverse each realm is diverse but it is very much like you get a there's a box to a realm sometimes isn't mm. there so it's like this is it's very much got a theme and, it, and everything plays on that theme and therefore mm. what's quite nice about the fey world is that it it has the it takes a different theme more of emotion right mm-hmm. which can mm-hmm. be chaotic and can be lawful and can be all these different things and therefore has something much more akin to reality which is why they mm. put it like it's next to the fe- it's next to the mm. material plane it's like an ex- express like an extreme of the material plane mm. so i quite i quite like i like both ways but i actually quite like the fey wilds personally as mm. a thing better than having this unseely caught in one realm and the seely caught in another but then mm. again i think maybe it's trying it 
this does keep telling us that the planes are not as separate as we see them. We're just humans, no. and that's how we see them, I guess, in some ways, because they are. And you can walk from one to the other if you want to. Absolutely, and and not to toot our own horn per se, mm. but when I first looked at it, because uh, we did a really early episode of DM's Book Club, going through all the planes, and I, my big complaint at times was like, oh, there doesn't seem to be much on them. They're just like, here is the one thing about them, mm. and some of the planes for me did merge a little bit. Like I know when we'll go into. Um, some of the planes of law, there's mm. one that's like it's an infinite battlefield, and I'm like, how is that different to Yisgard per se, mm. and all that sort of thing? And we've definitely had that recently. Like sometimes I was like, oh, it's Limbo and Pandemonium. I keep getting those two mixed up all the time. Yeah. But actually, the way we're going through it in, in this yeah. order, I think, where it's almost like you know, the first one is you know, as we said, it's uh, the the abyss, and then we go to the other side of it, and it's like, oh, and it actually seeing those contrasts mm. has actually been really yeah. helpful for me because then I can be like, oh, it's different because of this and different because of that, and yeah, yeah. I, I think as well, whilst it doesn't really show up necessarily too much in fifth edition, obviously we kind of mentioned briefly there are other pantheons like some of the. Uh, mm. Uh, I think in Limbo, and I'm going to get this wrong now, there's some sort of stuff, uh, deities from the Indian pantheon, there's stuff from the Egyptian pantheon, yeah. you know, all sort of dotted around, and obviously Norse and Greek mythology as well. You don't really, that doesn't really show up in 5th edition, it's all Forgotten Realm true. stuff. And yeah. actually, if you wanted to, you could easily just do away with sort of the westernized uh, yeah. deities and stuff, and just, you know, find out more about these pantheons that aren't necessarily, you know, and mm. treat them sensitively and with respect and use those themes for it. The so it, it's actually, it's more open to those things, and I hadn't really considered that before. We so. meet the cat god in Pandemonium, don't we? Of we do. The, I, the, uh, in, oh. No, in Yisgard, I think it is. Is it Yisgard? It's in Yisgard. It is in Yisgard. Sorry, that's next. I'm getting them all, that's next. all started. That's spoilers for next time, but yes, I made a big note of that because mm. I was like, that's really interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, with that sort of sort of briefly sort of talked about, mm. let's, I'm going to skip ahead because I mean, let's talk about politics very quickly. Politics. Mm. It's madness. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no sort of, there's no hierarchy. There's no necessary society. People are yeah. eking out, like living on the edge, compared to like the abyss, which yeah. does have a little mm. bit of a hierarchy and stuff in the sense of like there are demon lords, there are proxies there that are doing yeah. out the the women. You're going there to make a deal with demons. None of that here because mm. you are just basically if you're here, yeah. you've been exiled, you've been banished, you know, so yeah. you're literally like your own authority, do what mm. you want because you're probably going to go mad at some yeah. point ASAP. So that, that's it for politics from me. I don't know if you had anything specific on politics at all. I think it's just to add that there there is the, the Bleak Cabal as a faction lived there. Of course, there. yes. So they have the Madhouse, which is which is actually their, their town, but also um, their place in Sigil is the Madhouse as well. Mm -hmm. the, the, the Sorry, the sanatorium is called the sanatorium. Mm. And so they look after all the, the people who, you know, who need help. They aid lots of people, like health, not just mental health, but health, health in like in sigils. Mm -hmm. so that's what they do because their their idea is that um, the world's going to end anyway. So there's no there's no point to the universe. So you might yeah. as well just be Existence nice. Existence is madness. Is yeah. Their, their motto, and, but they're it? also like, if everything doesn't mean anything, you might as well be good, which I think is quite mm. a nice way of you know, at least they've got a positive side to it instead of being yeah. completely all downer. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. They, just, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. go. On. Oh no, oh, and the other one was the, the 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 city of Wingland, which we'll get on to. But that's the only other one yes. that's got some sort of semblance of a semblance of, of organization. I was yeah. just going to quickly add about the Madhouse stuff because mm. that's an interesting one as well. This idea is there's this big uh, sort of sprawling citadel, and it's just been added onto extension mm. after extension, wings that people get lost in. So even within the sort of uh, uh, even within the sort of the, the sort of the house itself, you get lost in it. So I get, I was just like, oh, this would be a cool murder mystery 
<laughs> in pandemonium but it's actually yeah. you're in a house <laughs> and yeah. it's just you know a haunted house and all that sort of thing so that was me going oh this is really cool because no, again i did oh I, and now i'm gonna forget what it's called but there's a there's a place in america where a lady went and built a house and she kept adding wings and wings and wings of stuff oh, right yeah um like uh, stairs that go to nowhere doors oh, that open uh, yeah, yeah. all that sort of thing Fantastic. Uh, because because the ghost told her to do that you know that sort of thing. oh right okay I can't, Again, it's like one of the most famous horror stories or haunted stories, and I uh, okay. and you can still visit it today. Oh, apparently. fantastic! Oh, I so, quite like that. That's really cool. It's it's very very cool, and of course I've completely forgotten what the name of it is. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's what it reminded me yeah. of the idea that you, the the idea that you go up like some circular stairs, mm. but it stops halfway, or it, it's, yeah. it, it, there's a door that leads very to nowhere. Very Willy Wonka. Oh, very Willy Wonka, but yeah. but scarier. Uh, well, yes. I don't know. Willy Wonka's scary, isn't it? But... It is actually. Yeah, the, the bit when they're in the tunnel and it all goes crazy. It's one of my oh, favourite bits in movie. It's, to be honest, oh, it's so good. That it's original seventies so Gene Close. What is Gene Close? Uh, Wilder. Wilder. Gene Close. Yeah. Okay. Are you thinking of Glenn Close? Yeah, Glenn that Close. also would be terrifying. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gene Wilder is uh, one of the best. That acting performance. Sorry, it's one of the best pieces of acting I think on television on he, movies. And you know what? He would be an amazing inspiration for a minor character oh, yeah. in Pandemonium, right? Totally. Just the way he acts and stuff like that. Yeah, very much on the level, but there's a sudden hit, subtle hint of the insane and the sort of creepy. It's something not quite, it's not quite all right. there connected. Yeah, I love so that good. as an inspiration, actually. That yeah, really perfect cool. sort of baddie. I think just to, to finalise it, I think this puts it very well. The Madhouse is hardly a model of order. The only reason it has a working central government is because, one, it's small enough for the matron to keep track of, two, she doesn't give too many orders, and three, none of the locals are terribly interested in challenging her. So yeah. it's kind of like, and I think that's basically it, isn't it? That mm. it, no one really cares, and yeah. you don't, don't really have to ask for much, and uh, that's it, really. Just so get on with it. Yeah. Just get on with it. Yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. All right, so that's sort of the, again mm. politics. There is a little bit, I guess, within the within the factions. Of course, I forgot about the bleak cabal, but yeah, let's move on mm. to magical conditions. So yes. this is interesting, and I, I'll, we'll go into a big section on madness itself. But mm. I love this idea that again, like all the other planes, there are magical. There's a magical nature about pandemonium itself, mm. but it's also with the physical nature of it. So it talks yeah. about, you know. Um, I called it alteration magic. I don't know mm. if that's what it's called, uh, but, but this idea that if you, you you're transforming your image, it's slightly tainted by evil, yeah. or it smells foul, or something's mm. again, like you said, not quite right. Uh, conjuration, summoning magics don't work well on this plane, so wish spells don't really work. Uh, divination, you get if you fail a five million limited wish and wish do not work on this plane. Yeah, so, if so you're you stuck can't get here, home. You can't yeah. get home, but there's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you can you plane are. shift, but you are. You can't but wish yourself home. You can't wish yourself home. Which, I, again, that's how it's because you think, oh, surely I can get home. But yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting one to just sort of blanket remove, mm. as it were. Uh, divination magic is uh, where, obviously, if you're trying to get information about something, if you fail it, and DMs do a secret role, and if they don't fail it, whatever, you get misinformation or misleading information, which I was like, oh, I love that. It feels very much like paranoia, that sort of thing, you feeding this thing, but obviously being genuine about it, and you're like, Wait, we've been going around for hours. You said there was like an exit. We just followed like left, right, left, right. Did I? You know? Oh, whoops. You know? Is that what you heard? <laughs> Is that what you heard on the wind? Um, and then the, the 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 other final one for me, in terms of magical conditions, was that because you're so close to the nine hells and the abyss and that sort of thing, um, there's a surplus of uh, necromancy and negative magic. But as a result, it's much harder to generate life. So you can't necessarily heal as well. So that's a bit of a bugger as well. If you're yeah. trying to like, if you're trying to like, oh God, you've been hit by, I don't know, some 
a giant slug, uh, and you're like, oh no, acid! You're like, oh, but the the magic's not working. It's not coming. You must and again, take oh. and make an intelligence test to make sure you can make a healing spell. And but if you fail, you expend the spell slot. Of course you I do. mean, that's evil. That it, a lot of the planes have that though, don't they? They say, oh, you tried. Oh well, yeah. That idea that you give out the magic and then yeah. it's taken away, which needs, leads us quite nicely onto the physical nature of this. Mm. So as I sort of mentioned, this idea of the howling winds, like pushing through and stuff like that. If you're trying to say stuff or cast spells, it's going to take your words and carry them away from you. So you've got to either get it out very quickly, as well as if you've got spell components, which I assume. Uh, second edition, you were like, you need to have all the correct spell components. If you had them all like physically in your hand, the idea that the wind could just rip them out of your hand, and you're like, oh so no, good. my scrolls! <laughs> my little jar of dirt! My backwano! That's all I think <laughs> yes. of. It's always the one. <laughs> Bit of backwano, that's what Caleb's always talking about. It's yeah. just got... Oh, yeah, yeah. My backwano, no! <laughs> then again, he is in a cave, so there'll be more backwano somewhere, I'm sure. There must be, must be. But again, the idea that you, you would make checks, but like, if you're trying to do a spell, you have to make sure, make sure you can hold on to everything yeah, dex like, check. and there's not many dexies there's not many dexy wizards out there are there to be oh, honest no. could you imagine like they're too busy like i did all my my book learning not <laughs> not all my athletics yeah, exactly. not all my my acrobatic skills power um, words don't work as well another yeah. high level spell that's always a good one to use and that you can't use so that's mm. The, the other one I quite liked um, was that it's incredibly difficult to conjure fire elementals, like pseudo-elementals, because obviously there's no, natu no natural fire. <laughs> so you'd be like, I've got a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it just, like, it just like, flutters out, or, mm. or put, us, put us out even. Yeah. So, yeah, really, again, so, but, but that's interesting, right? Going back to the idea that the, the big thing is that it's, it's again, Storm, it's, it's fucking windy, you know? It's like, <laughs> you're trying to, like, fire is not going to work. You're going to be cold, probably, as the winds are biting into yeah. you and stuff. And yeah, just thought that was really interesting, that this idea that you've got the magical stuff, but at the same time, you have this physical thing of, like, if you want to do these spells, you yeah, you got to do a test, you got to do something. Mm. So yeah, I quite like that as a as a as a as, as a two layer thing. It's pretty. It cool. is good fun, and I think those things. Yeah, I always like this little. Again, that whole immersion to the actual thing really it really just makes it different for the players, and it adds another level of like strategy, strategy, strategium. Yeah. That's what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it, it, again, it's that sort of place where I and I I'd imagine again, Pandemonium is not a place you'd necessarily go to. It's somewhere where you probably could end up because you've been banished. Mm. So maybe you may you might not be able to prepare for it as well as you could. I know, and I, I'm sure I said this last episode, and I'm gonna completely forget. I believe that Pandemonium is where they went to go find Grog. In yes, you said role. this. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's the right plane. If I got it wrong, I'm so sorry. But I said it like that... 20 times. I was like, better be right. <laughs> oh, I hope so too. But. Again, I think so because they had to shout across wind and stuff. But uh, again, yeah. they they had to prepare for it because they knew Grog was there. But yeah. if you but if not, what are you gonna do? It's oh, exactly scary. Um, but let's talk about madness. Let's, let's talk about let's madness. talk about the big madness elephant. I thing. thought we were gonna talk about the band Madness. Madness, <laughs> our house in, in the, the middle of our street, of our street our on house. pandemonium. Right, cool. No, we've done our dance break. Uh, so. <laughs> madness. <Yes. laughs> Put that as a gift. Madness. Um, 
So it, uh, one line I really loved in this book, it says, um, it's not much of a holiday hotspot. Um, it's virtually <laughs> uninhabited. It's desolate and deserted. Um, and because of the wind, and because it's, like you said, it's that beating on you for so long, mm. you once per day have to do a save. Uh, and it's, it encourages GMs to do this at dramatic moments mm. uh, to save against becoming mad and it says a little, little little tiny paragraph says that there's no permanent recovery from it so for example if you stayed for a little while in pandemonium and you did uh, suffer say stage two of madness went away recovered you know recovered your levels came back as soon as you're back you're back at stage two you yeah. don't reset so you don't you're not mad when you're, you when you leave you lose the madness you from your person wins not yeah but you get it back where you were you go back to it Wish doesn't cancel it out. Nope. Only a power can remove it. Yeah. How, how scary is that? Like that's high. That's high brow. It's high, high brow. And it, but it, but it sort of ties into this idea of and and again, it's an interesting topic that maybe beyond the scope of this podcast per se. But this mm. idea of like how do we role play madness? Should we be role playing mm. madness? Should we be using topics like PTSD mm. in our storytelling, so, yeah. so to speak? That's, that's gonna, I'll set that aside for now whilst we just talk about yeah. the mechanics of the four stage madness that you get mm. with Earthling. So what, if you fail the first time, you get a level, uh, the first level is frustration. So your character becomes sort of snappish, irritated by little things. You just want to get a move on rather than talk and plan, which I, I love as sort of the beginning elements of it. Because, you know, we've all been there in a session where you're planning to get ahead, you know, and you plan for ages and the plan goes wrong. Hate that. Uh, you just want to get on and you get and it's like that little bit of frustration so that idea that you were saying that there's a drip 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 of a tap or, or somebody there's a bird outside your window it's just it's slowly but surely sort of eroding away at you at your mm. at your at your sanity level in the sense of like you're getting more and more stressed because you hate this place you want to get out right and you get i think it's a minus one to wisdom is it intelligence checks it must be intelligence checks um because you're like stressing out a little bit so again a nice sort of uh, in-game mechanic there because mm. you you've been affected by this the next level is despair. So you feel completely helpless. Uh, you know, things, you know, you won't do anything on your own initiative. You have to be pushed and there's sort of peer pressure into do it and you have no real enthusiasm or sort of doing anything. And you're, even in combat, you're sort of a bit apathetic about it, which I thought was great. I love that. This uh, idea like, oh, for fuck's sake, just like, fine, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I thought that was a really interesting one because it's that sort of, it sort of ties in with the late, the last stage, I think, but that idea that you won't ever do anything if you're an initiative. So you've gone from being like, oh, we need to move ahead. Come on, come on, let's go. And then you're like, mm. well, what's the point? Ugh, fuck this. You know, like, just like, we're, we're stuck here, aren't we? Can't, yeah, can't get out. It's all fucking, can't, it's, what's the point? Can't use Gary's wish spell. What's the mm. point? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Wait, like, third level is hysteria, um, which you're, you, you go back to that frantic energy of like, you're trying to get away. You begin to run madly about. Uh, <laughs> hooray! Um, and you collapse, eventually exhausted. It's about how much you failed the save by as for how long per minute yeah. you are running about. So, so obviously, if you're in combat, that's a long time. Um, that could that's be basically you know, the whole of combat. You're out. That's the whole of combat. Yeah. You're just running around, not doing anything. And and then it says, obviously, you you you're obviously you're trying to block out where you are. So you close your eyes and your hands over you, your ears. So you're, you know, you're you're not you're going to be a, a big target in battle and you can't do anything, you can't see anything, you're just running around wildly and stuff. And then if you do find sanctuary, if you find a little soft spot, you'd be very unwilling to leave and to go back out into the into the yeah. wind. And I think this is the one it sort of talks about saying this is the the 
hardest one to sort of to role play. Yeah. And so it's that sort of thing. And again, we'll come on to this in a second. But this idea of like, you know, it could be the most frustrating one to if you're a group of players if somebody has got the hysteria level. Mm. So again, having to just tread a little bit carefully, be like, hey guys. We're in pandemonium. Let's give each other the spotlight in general for storytelling, but also let's mm. treat each other. Let's not do the whole thing of it's what my character would do because everyone has a sucky justification for anything, and I know I've used it for stuff as well, and it's not fun. Um, yeah. But but it's it's an interesting one. Then to finally go to uh, resignation, so you've come to terms with the howling, and you've learnt to ignore the anguish it causes, but it manifests in some other way. So this is where you get. Uh, it calls them quirks a little bit, but it's essentially it's a form of uh, of madness. And it's got a, a little table in the book, uh, page 87 in the Planes of Chaos book, of examples you can have. And it ranges quite a lot. And yeah. it's interesting because I, I sort of mentioned at the beginning, it talks about for players and for GMs, like, and, and I've, I talked to you before about this off podcast, this mm. idea that the madness rules and this whole sort of thing, they're only a guide to role playing character stuff in this environment. They're not a replacement for it. You mm. should apply these rules as you, the GM, and the players see fit. Yeah. And I thought that was such a, yep. it was such a simple sentence, and I, it just really was like that's amazing. Because again, as again, that's a topic I put off the table briefly. That's sort of the idea of using mm. madness in our games. Obviously, we've got Call of Cthulhu that uses sanity points and all that sort of thing. It's like, should we be role playing mental health conditions and stuff? Mm. Whereas here, it's a guide. Mm. It is like it's not necessarily a, a. Um, uh, oh, you're gonna get. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's not like you're gonna get like a. a, a, a oh, you're you're a weak character now. You're completely crippled because mm. you you are mad in quotation marks. It's mm. like this horrible thing has happened to you. How do you deal with it? Yeah. And how do other people respond to you for it? And I, I, I will say that the table itself has some really good suggestions for what what kind of quirks or what kind of sort of little things you develop from getting to this final mm. stage. I don't agree with all of them. Uh, as uh, you know, it is again. It's that sort of thing where it's of its time in the sense. Yeah. But I think they're good to have it as a suggestion, and it has a great little suggestion. Uh, for example, the paladin uh, at the every campsite they clean every little bit of their armor yeah. over and over again to make sure it's perfect. The rogue has the the hand on their purse and looks over their shoulder every few seconds, even though they're relaxing. Little mm. things like that, little quirks like that. I just thought that's more interesting yeah. than. Uh, like I said, the accents quirk or the yeah. the, the the racist quirk and all that yeah. sort of thing. There's, so that, yeah, that's exactly. There's a big that. problematic ones in there. But I think the point. I think the other thing is is it's like, as we said a lot of time, and they've even said in there, which I think is really positive about. It's about having a conversation with your players beforehand about what you want to do, and also, you know, if you're not. Yeah, it's like I don't really want to play Call of Cthulhu, but mainly because of the sanity points. To be honest, it's something that puts me off it quite a lot. And so I probably wouldn't take if I was going if I I probably wouldn't take people to Pandemonium just for that reason. To be mm -hmm. honest, but also there are, as you said, there is there's a le there's levels of of how you play that. As you say, it could just be paranoia, couldn't it? it could mm -hmm. be just what you take from it, which is you know it hasn't hasn't got to be madness in in a sense. You know mm -hmm. you can you can. As with anything in any TTRPG, you can make it however you want to. These are always a guide, isn't and it? And that's the think... beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I think we, we were talking about this off podcast, this idea that mm. sometimes, I'm not, not naming names or anything like that, but it does sometimes feel like, well, this has been written, so it mm. shall be, and we shall never, never go against it. And I'm like, yeah. in role-playing games especially, and the lore yeah. and stuff, as you sort of asked me at the beginning, like, I was like, I can see the roots of where the fifth edition stuff lore has mm. come from. But for me, I was like, there's a, there's, 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 it's sort of simplified, but if I want more, 
I now yeah. know where to go. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like if you want mm. more, you can go there and then you can be like, I really enjoy that little bit. I'm going to keep that mm. in my game. Or, well, I don't agree with that bit. So I'm not going to leave that game. And I think yeah. that's so important to yeah. to do that and, and mm. give people agency. And, and people don't do that. I think maybe they're scared to do that because they want to be true to the law as it's been written or yeah. they don't they don't know what to do about it. But I think anyway, that's it. it. I think it sometimes when something's written, it feels written in stone, doesn't it? As they mm. say, you know, and I think that there's that piece to it. But I think, and it only comes with confidence as being a GM and player and playing more of it to, I think sometimes to feel to know that oh wait I don't need to do that <laughs> you know I yeah. don't need to read do it as it's written mm. uh, but there's always that fear I think is there some people that you need to do exactly what it says in the book because then people yeah. are going to question you or something like yeah, that you know? know and so I think I think there's a yeah I think it's um but but even then you know what's interesting and it, again just to give it back to pandemonium as we said mm. pandemonium has the most GM advice, I think, for how to run this yeah. plane compared to the other planes. Mm. And also, I believe it's when we did the Factions of Sitchell episode on our other podcast, mm. it talked about how it was like, do what you want. Don't worry about, like, it was. It, this is how it mm. is, but you, you can easily make things up, change things around. And, stuff like that. and it just gave you that interest. And again, I was like, I was surprised as someone who isn't au fait with earlier editions of d and I was like, oh, they're very honest about, like, do what you want. And, I, and the same with Spelljammer as well when we did yeah. that. It was like, hey, here's some ideas. If you don't like them, don't use them. And I, yeah. you know what it was? Spelljammer, they said, hey, those monsters that you see in the monster manual, change the names of them yeah. or describe them differently. Yeah. And the players were like, oh, but we've not faced that before. And you're like, yeah, you have not faced that before. Right, Even though exactly. you know every single monster, I it's think... a mimic. No, it's not. It's a mimic from space. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that's what, and that's what I said to you. And I think I didn't like put it in a way. I think that the, the Easteric 2E Seeds. I don't I have not read enough three and a half e or three or four e at all. Any four. Hey, edition. you know what? We're not experts. Who no, knew? exactly. But the only one that I've read a lot of is the two e. But I, I think, and and really, actually, these ones, Planescaper and Spelljam, are not actually the main settings for either no. of them. But they have a quality to them which I think is very. It just doesn't isn't very much like, isn't like what everyone says old yeah. edition of, of, of yeah, D&D Yeah, it's very it's, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a very positive, there's a lot of positive messages in it, you know, like, mm -hmm. as I said, like, there just is, and the, and the quality of the writing and the sort of freedom so it gives the G DMs and G uh, GMs generally is really good. I don't know, there's something about them that feels, that just feels very interesting and very forward-thinking compared to what other yeah. people it's, it, I, The tone of it's so different, but again, let's move it back to the plane. Yeah, um, we could talk yeah. about it. No, no, no. I yeah. mean, just, to, just to end on it, mm. on the final bit of the, the, sort of the madness stuff. So mm. one of the things it does as, as an advice for GMs is that for any NPCs or minor characters, uh, mm. any madness quirk that you sort of make up for them should be a lot more severe than any of the characters, mm. uh, player characters. And the reason for that is obviously twofold in a way. I, I see as twofold. So one being that it's uh, they've been these characters have been there longer, so mm. you know they're going to have manifest uh, the stuff more. And it, as it, if it's a gradual realization for the player characters, that's quite a yeah. good bit of storytelling. But also, it means that you can be the benchmark for your players. So you could be. Yeah, I mean, not that I wouldn't encourage you to do any. You know, go a hundred percent for one of these of the of the yeah. not so good quirks, for example. But then you can be the judge of that if somebody does start to role play something, and you go, oh, hang on, time out. Let's have a quick talk about it because you can say, "Here's my benchmark. No one goes yeah. across that line." And I think that's very that's, important. And that's the session zero thing as well, isn't it? Exactly. And I think on that note, all the NPCs in this are given uh, a madness to them, 
mm-hmm. as well that you can play. So the innkeep for the uh, the laughing uh, the laughing mug the laughing mug is uh, has uh, always talks and questions. What a great quirk! I Which love is a great that. One. Yeah. I, I mean, as a as a GM, I'm like, oh my god, that's the worst thing in the world. But as a player, that's that's the yeah. most amazing thing. That is so, so much fun, exactly. Yeah. yeah, as someone who plays that game on our show as well, again, I like that one. Oh, but it's just there's so, so bad at it. <laughs> it's a really hard one. But yeah, no. So it does give you it just yeah, and they're not. And as I said, they are. They can be that sort of innocent. It's a good, mm. maybe a good word for it. Is it's just like it's a it's a more Mad Hatter, more um, yes. Alice in Wonderland down I, the rabbit hole. Ooh, actually, I love this, that idea. Yeah, the Mad Hatter yeah. where we're like, well, we're all mad here, and it's just yeah, accepted. Exactly. And you're the strange people for pointing yeah. it out. I like that as a thing. Mm. And yeah, just to go back to the uh, to the the, the population stuff briefly, mm. I realised the one thing I did forget, apart from the sort of most people have a common sign of madness in quotation marks, mm. is that they'll be physically adapted to the wind in some way. So maybe little a little bit of clothing or, mm. or like thin or bony is what they sort of described mm. as. But also they are invisible to infrared vision. Yes, it's so cold. What? It's just like what? That's yeah. that's terrifying. Again, I'm thinking yeah. proper the descent vibes where you're like looking around going there's a creature behind you like <laughs> it's like yeah. hiding in there so i quite I, I quite like that so that is such an interesting mechanic that you might not ever discover mm-hmm. like i don't know how often you would i mean again i say this as not knowing anything really about second edition if, if you if everyone had dark vision and also infrared vision i yeah. don't know but i was like oh i quite like that as a as a little That's thing cool, actually it's cool do you want to quickly talk about uh, Win- Winglum? Yes, we've, I do. We've completely skirted around it. And I'm like, before we end, we must talk about this, yes. this little town. So please, please tell us what is Winglum, this little town. Yes. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, if any town exists, can be said to have a chip on its shoulder. Winglum is it. Uh, <laughs> its founders were sold to have been banished to this plane. And because of that, their descendants have a dim view toward all outsiders. And so they're very, very paranoid about outsiders. But they also have this belief that they are they can be greater than sigil sigil yeah i know which is a great which is actually in its way a sort of madness because it's like you're going to be greater than the 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 sort of center of the of the multiverse or well that's questionable i know people but yeah i guess as a comparison thing it's like i'm gonna make the the principality Mm. of sealand the equivalent to the capital of london and you're like yeah what? <laughs> yeah, Don't be exactly. silly. Be like, but but I believe it, so it's true. No, and, and it's and it's that sort of and they have a, and it's got you can just imagine that sort of like really like snarky you know sort of like but like um uh what's the word I'm looking for um uh not, uh you know uh, egotistical in a sense. There's yeah. not a better word for it, but they're all very much up for themselves and believe in themselves and being great. But actually, everything around them is actually sort of yeah. kind of kind of falling apart and kind of crap in some ways. And I think that's kind of funny. I, and I would even say they're egotistical, but not necessarily looking down on other people. They're paranoid no. other people, but not looking down yes. on other people. No, but it's sort of just I love that. But believing they're they're going to yeah. be great. In some we're going to do this. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like are you sure? Yes, because we're great. We're great. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, yeah, because there's a it's sort of like this person's completely mad. They can't see the reality of this thing. That's a different. Yes, way exactly. To so there's something kind of. And yeah, I, I think that's quite. And the visual of it, the art of it, is really great. Yes. And it just makes me think of Dark Souls. It's so Dark so Souls. So Dark Souls. Or like um, Bloodborne-y. And I kind of like that. So you can imagine that sort of. That'd be a great setting for a Bloodborne sort of game. That sort of howling wind. Mm. Everyone's. It's got that sort of that sort of sense. Everyone's a little bit off. Off kilter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I think you, I sort of play it down a bit more that Dark Souls route a little bit more like yeah. sort of like yeah it's that. a little bit off something's off but it's something's normal off. but it's yeah. not right and you would 
Maybe you'd like be the first place you see on the horizon. You maybe don't know where you've been banished and you get to this town and it's howling winds and you're like, why, wh where are we? And they're just like, oh yeah, go to the shop. And the shop is literally like full of, like they say, oh, have some food. And like, oh, we've got lots of great leaks, and uh, for example, and in front of you, you, you don't see any leaks. There's nothing there. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, that'll be four for a pound. Yeah, but there's nothing here. Like, what are you on about? They're right there. You know what I mean? Like, you can yeah. just have that and... Oh, I don't it, know. It feels, it feels very much fun. like, again, there's a South Park episode where they're all in character in a historical town, but then there's like, um, there's a hostage situation, but they all have to remain in character as the historical village. So I like that idea oh, that right. everyone has to still be in character, even though you're like, but it, there isn't anything there. Just, you gotta play along. Don't don't let them, you know, that's the thing going, you have to play along. That's a scary thing. And um, for me, I really enjoyed the, the origin story of the mayor, who was yes. a native to uh, Pandemonium, who left, went on the travels, and then, as, as it sort of talks about it, sang a bawdy song about an evil sorceress who's like, I will banish you to pandemonium. It's like, oh, great, back home I go. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And yeah, that idea of um, he, he's the one that's sort of pushing forward, like, we will be as great as Sigil. And you're like, are, are you sure? Like, that, that's quite a, I, again, I love that. It, it feels very, it feels very business person about it. But he yeah. he's the one out of there's him and the the innkeeper who are the most likely to en engage with outsiders in yeah. the sense of he's willing for people to test their metal and be like okay you've come here show me what you've got that sort of mm. like that attitude and then dismiss them but yeah. then as yes another great uh tavern named the scaly dog um mm. where there's an innkeeper there who has been there a while but hasn't got this sort of paranoid view of outsiders yet so he's still quite welcoming but it may be just a little but the, the madness is still sort of manifesting in itself so i quite like that as a, as a point that so you know not because otherwise i feel like if you're going to have all these res residents who are hate outsiders again yeah could be quite tropey quite be exactly. stereotypical but also your yeah. players were like well we fucking hated him yeah, exactly <laughs> nobody's nice to us so yeah no i do I, uh, yeah it's good and actually book that we haven't mentioned that, that we, we realized recently that came with this setting yeah. is the oh, travelogue no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, there's a whole bit about the scaly dog in there and it's mm. got like a map and stuff and it's worth you can see a lot more on this and actually it's worth noting for all of these that that travelogue has some good adventure hooks in there as mm. well for, for things which are quite fun I read one for Arboria about getting caught up in a back eh? uh which is quite <gasps> oh fun. oh yes the big party is it sort of yeah the big party it. but how it like you you they're trying to go to, you find out that they want to go to where you want to go and then you see them destroy a town by just eating and drinking and like fighting through it and you go oh crap we don't want them to come with us sort of oh, thing. No. it's like the whole point is about trying to stop them doing it so it's kind of it's quite yeah. fun so yeah it's worth worth checking that out i'll check that out and the fact the final final thing i want to say about windblum yeah. okay and mm. it's such a silly thing, but the idea that anything you purchase oh, is yeah. reported to the city guard because they don't trust you. And I just love yeah. that. That's that level of, again, it's, it's just, and the reason I keep saying sort of paranoia is because I've recently played a game of paranoia. I ran the game Paranoia mm. where you are friend computer. And the whole, what's interesting about this, if you've never played it, is that instead of cooperative role play and you know, yeah, oh, we're a band of adventures going together, it's competitive in the sense of you snitch on your other players for stuff like it doesn't really do it but it gives that sort of dystopian monty python-esque mm. vibes mm. so for example in the, in the quick game that i played um there's a, they're all playing infrared which is the lowest of the low troubleshooters and they're going on a mission but they get to the corridor and it clearly says only red people with red clearance can go down so they turn to their red clearance leader and go wait we should we go down this well we need to follow the mission briefing so we should go down there and there was a moment when my players were going 
we're not high enough clearance. And I was like, well, you need to go down there. And they're like, okay. So they start going down there. And then I go, friend computer, I've just spotted some infrared people in a red clearance corridor. And I snitched on them and they were like, I can't believe you did that. They were so angry. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I, and that's what I want. I would love if I was playing Windglum, the idea that you're always snitching on people on the outside because they're yeah. doing something. Oh, they bought some leaks. How could they? You know, those are our leaks. You know, they have, you know even though there isn't any leaks, you know. So just the levels of I stuff you can do with that, just really focusing on those small details, I think would be amazing. That's cool. That is cool. No, it's... Well, is that everything on? Is that everything on Pandemonium? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. The only final, final thing I know. I keep, I keep saying that one last thing. I turn and around like, thing. like Columbo. Columbo. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to mention again the the sort of optional rule for fifth edition. So obviously we talked about mm. madness in oh, the yeah. sort of second edition. It's slightly different in fifth edition. So the idea is that when you, uh, the, you make the wisdom saving throw each hour you spend there, not each day. And what happens is that you just gain level of exhaustion, which reaches to level six. Uh, but you don't die if you get the next level. You just get that form of madness, and that's it. And uh, and finishing a long rest doesn't affect you until you leave Pandemonium. Right. So it's different, but yeah. you know, you get into level six exhaustion mechanically is not great. You can't move. You can't really do anything. You're stuck there. You know, yeah. and then you get the the madness. Whereas I think. The, the second edition sort of stuff, it's like, okay, it's more role play. There is some minuses to it, but I don't know, it, it gives you more opening. Mm. So I just thought that was quite interesting how they just kind of, it's, it feels more crunchy, I guess, but yeah. then it's easy to get rid of it. Like you, you have that in, indefinite form of madness, but you, but you, but if you come back to Pandemonium, you just regain the levels of exhaustion again. It's yeah. not like a reset. So that, that was the only last last thing I was okay. gonna say. It was like, it's slightly different. So, yeah. I hadn't read that bit, so that's very good. Okay, yeah. cool. But Hamilton, that we've done pandemonium. I've sort of howled what word vomited at you, like with, with the big slugs coming through the pandemonium tunnel. What are we looking at next time? What is our? What are we our, looking at yeah, next time? What is our we, final plane? The final of plane of chaos yeah. is the glorious glories, <laughs> the glorious glories of Isgard. Glorious glories and of the Isgard. Beer halls and Oktoberfest that it is, and <laughs> it just uh, never ending. <laughs> As you can tell, I, it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff, but uh, you'll find out my thoughts on Isgard next Fantastic. time. Oh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of DM's Travel Book Club. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, catch up mm. on previous episodes and VODs of our sibling show, the DM's Book Club, and you know, see some links. We'll probably put some links around yeah, various bits around. of videos. And yeah, enjoy Pandemonium, I yes. guess. Enjoy Pandemonium. Enjoy Pandemonium. We, it was like, you can never leave. You know, that sort of like Royston Vasey type thing. So like, you belong here. So You belong here. Welcome to Windglum. <laughs> Welcome to Windglum. We hate you. Yeah, are, we hate of course. You. Are you local? I can't believe Oh I my gosh, are you local is Windglum. Perfect. Uh, sorry, again, yet another UK niche reference. Very of, UK niche of reference. Of League of Gentlemen, of Royston Vasey. Are you local? There you go. That, what a great way to end off. Thank you so much for watching, listening to Thank DM you, Channel. Everyone. We'll see you, we'll next, see you time. next time. Bye. Bye.